This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live, Duluth Edition. I'm Father Richard Kunst, along with... Cindy Jennings. We are coming to you, like I said, from the Diocese of Duluth. We've had a great show so far, and we always save the best for last. And so uh, we have with us Patrice Critchley Menner from the Diocese of Duluth. She's from the Office of Social Apostolate. Patrice, welcome to Real Presence Live. So thanks for having me. This is your first time, right? It is. Are you nervous? A, a little. There's people all over the upper Midwest that are listening, just so you're aware. Like, there's like two and a half million potential listeners, just so you're aware. Just okay. To, okay, so Patrice, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? <laughs> so my name is Patrice. I work for the diocese in the Office of Social Apostolate. I've been there for quite a number of years. How many? <sighs> I... I it's been a was, long time. I was under the impression there would be no math. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. For, for sure, twenty. Twenty, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, that's great. And you've always been in the same position, right? No, oh, I didn't start off as the director. Okay. When I first started, Dick Frost was the director. Oh, I thought he was Family Life. He was. Okay. Then it got separated, and he was Family Life, and okay, okay. then I was gotcha. Office of Social Apostolate. Okay. So how long have you been in that position? How long? Well, he left a good fifteen years ago, I'd say. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I, I think I I worked under Dick for. Okay. Um, two years, three years, something okay. like that. And then I became the director. So tell us a little bit about your own personal life before we get My into the My own personal life. Yeah. So, um, like your favorite color. And, no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so um, I grew up in the Diocese of Duluth. I um, grew up actually just not far from here on 40th and okay. went to St. Jean's. Oh, wow. Yeah, went to St. Jean's School, went to St. Jean's Parish. which you're, is you're, now, you're kind of wow. dating yourself a little bit. That, oh, sorry, keep going. I'm, I, I, I'm very proud of being from St. Jean's and going and oh, being from Denfeld. Um, and uh, I'm married to a guy from Morgan Park. Wow. And and uh, we have five kids, um, two of them still at home, mm-hmm. and three of them grown up. And, and uh, we've all been doing this work together since the dawn of time with with my parents my grandparents yeah so so speak a little bit about what that job is i mean what what do you do in that office okay so it's called the office of social apostolate but dioceses have different names for similar or identical work and it pretty much means doing the social outreach work of the church um, so that means that I w- will work with, say, parishes or catechetical programs and schools, um, or even the you know the general public, to represent the church on um, Catholic social teaching issues, and also to um, engage um, lay Catholics in issues of Catholic social teaching. So, what are some of the practical things then? So, how does that look? Lots of practical things. Um, you know, the the Catholic Church, uh, the Catholic Church has two different ways to fulfill Catholic social teaching. One is the charity, and the other is justice. And charity is like the story of the Good Samaritan, where you see somebody who's laying on the ground, and you know that they're in immediate need, and you you meet that immediate need until the need is concluded. And then there's justice, which is more like the Moses story, where he sees people being oppressed, and works to change the system, and now let my people go so the people are free. So, It's kind of like that, uh, giving man a fish. He eats for the day, teach him how to fish, he eats for a lifetime. Kind of like that? or 
I would say kind of like that, but not exclusively because um, that presumes that somebody doesn't know how to fish. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be more like um, uh, make sure that the lake doesn't have expensive licenses to fish, make sure the lake's not polluted, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Because um, the presumption isn't necessarily that somebody doesn't know how to fish, but that there are barriers to them fishing and feeding themselves. Okay. So, uh, so I mean, as a as a diocese, or at least let's say locally in the city of Duluth, are there particular organizations that you're hand in hand in more than others, or? So, I work with a number of organizations throughout the diocese, um, and also you know within the city of Duluth. So we work with um, Chum, for example. We work with um, Grace House out in Grand Rapids, which is the. Um, um, homeless shelter for Itasca County, and then Servants of Shelter, which is the homeless shelter up in International Falls, and then food shelves all over the region. You know, there's food shelves in Moose Lake and Two Harbors and Walker and and uh, Pengilly, I think is oh. there's there's uh, neighbors helping neighbors, and I think it's no, it, it's a Nashwalk, it's a Nashwalk. Um, but there's like tiny little pockets of of action all over the place, and then um, we we have a CRS rice bowl money that we have mm-hmm. um, every year in Lent when people are doing their CRS rice bowl. Twenty five percent of what's raised stays in our diocese. That's a good really? plug to make. Oh, you know what I mean? Because a lot of people, I don't think that CRS thing happens as much as it used to, and so. Not COVID popular. messed it up. I think. It, well, I think it, it really did. Yeah. Yeah. I think even before that, it seems like it wasn't. So maybe speak a little bit to that because that's one of these really practical things that a lot of our listeners mm-hmm. are going to mm-hmm. face. And how do they get these? They used to make these little boxes and stuff like that. Can you speak just a little bit to that? Cause, oh yeah. Because you know, Christmas doesn't last very long, and then it's Lent. Yep. And so that's coming up. Yep, March sixth. So um, yeah, in my office, I've got a sign that says, "How many more days till Lent?" Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. I, I try and get away from Lent. I'm just kidding. I <laughs> love Lent. Lent is tough nice. on boom. I know. <laughs> well, it's, just, it's our busy time. But anyhow. Oh, yeah. And it's mine. Yeah. Um, because it's it's um, CRS Rice Bowl time, but also because it's a legislative session. But I'll talk about that in a minute. But um, CRS Rice Bowl, um, CRS stands for Catholic Relief Services. Mm-hmm. And it is the official international relief organization of the U.S. Catholic bishops. And so... Like 50 or so years ago, they started this program of CRS Rice Bowl where they they um, have these little bowls or what you, you know, you fold them right. up and they turn them to a bowl. And you, um, I'm hooked up a little bit, and, and they um, sit in, you know, put them in your living room or whatever, and you put money in them and then you turn them in. And 25% of that money stays home in the diocese. And then 75% goes to Catholic Relief Services, and then they do their international relief work with it. And they actually sent me to Africa about 10 years ago now oh. to... Um, CRS. CRS did. Yeah. Mm-hmm, to show me some of the work that they were doing in a country called Burkina Faso, wow. which I had never heard of. Yeah. So, um, So if you learned... What the Republic of Upper Volta was in high school, it's now called Burkina Faso. Oh, okay. So that's what I learned. And it was amazing, the work that they do, you know, building water towers, building um, to- 
toilets, um, making sure that girls get education. And, and some of the girls will walk two to five miles each way every day just to get the family water. And by the time they've done that, the school day is over, so they don't get an education. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just amazing work. And then the practical way that we can do that is... Um, is to um, have the the uh, parishes order, or the schools or whatever, um, order those, and you'll get them. They'll have um, they'll be all flat, and then you fold them up. But then inserted is a calendar of daily Lenten things that you can do. Okay. And if your parish doesn't order them, or if your parish runs out of them, this is kind of new. You can go to the CRS Rice Bowl website, and we'll have a link to that on our office's website. And you can print out a label and just stick it onto, you know, an old jelly jar or something. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. And then you can turn it in at the end of, of Lent. And, you know, depending on how active or involved your parish is, there can be, you know, a, a special prayer for service that blesses the rice bowls or that receives the rice bowls. Can it's just here's a practical pastor question? Okay, yeah, as the pastor yeah. coming, so it's like as priests we have like we're juggling five hundred thousand things and exactly. something like that. Especially as you're approaching Lent, that's not on the top of your list. Yep. And so often I, I mean, I didn't even. You're saying this? Okay, I'm embarrassed to say this, but you're saying this. It's like you mean I was supposed to order those things? You know, nope. it's like. And so I mean, is there? Do you? You don't do it. Okay. Oh, I don't. You don't do okay. it. Okay. Um, so. I mean, you could. There are. Each I've got this list and um, of each parish and who the rice bowl contact is. And so, but I don't. I think it's the secretary. Some some okay. parishes have their secretary. Okay. Some parishes have a volunteer. Some parishes have um, their pastor. Mm-hmm. Not many sure. have have those. So it's delegated. Yeah, it's delegated <laughs> because you have a cabillion things to right. do every day. So, so I guess from my standpoint, as Father Rich at St. James and St. Elizabeth, it's like I want to make sure I get those things. And so it's like, have you ever thought as a di- as a diocese in your position to, well, we're just going to send them to all the parishes whether they ask for them or not. We could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there have been parishes that, uh, if you order say five hundred this year, and you order zero next year you'll probably still get the 500 and then you'll get mad and then you'll call me. Oh, and okay. so, um, I've never called you mad. Have I? <laughs> <laughs> we won't talk about okay, that. Okay, right. <laughs> um, so it, it doesn't, we've never thought to order some for every parish just because of, you know, the waste, but also, um, keep an eye out in the clergy newsletter and, those things will be in there. As, you know, just for the, for the listener's sake, you might be thinking, well, boy, you guys are spending a lot of time on this. But the, the thing is that I think that the CRS Rice Bowl is a good way to get the common people in the pew to be active in the work that the church is supposed to be doing. Especially since it's level. not just about money. Rice Bowl is a program of prayer and fasting and learning and giving. And so each year they have um, certain certain parish or certain countries that they target and this year it's bangladesh rwanda and guatemala which is kind of cool i've got two kids from guatemala right right so um and there have been years when it was burkina faso um 
And, and so they, they have videos and they have specific prayers and they have life stories. So it helps us to not just, you know, give money to folks, but also to grow in solidarity as we learn how their lives are different than ours and what their needs are. And the nice thing is that, I mean, you got this bowl, which is a little physical reminder, you know, mm-hmm. and I mean, I think anybody that's been a Catholic for a while knows what these things are, you know, they always kind of look the same. And so it, it, I don't want to say it in a negative way, but it's kind of like a gimmicky way, not in a negative way, a gimmicky <laughs> way to get people to be involved. I got this little rice bowl, let's fill it up. And at the end of Lent, we always have these full of these pennies, quarters, nickels, and those really heavy things that come into the collection. One of the things that our family does is, um, starting on Ash Wednesday, we put that bowl in the middle of our dining room table, which every, everything happens at our dining room table. And we... Um, our thing is, if you if you say something that's like a first world problem, like "Oh, my computer is oh, yeah. really slow," or "Oh, the heat in my car isn't fat doesn't heat up fast enough," or "What you got to put money in the rice bowl." Oh, that's great! And there was one Ash Wednesday where we had almost ten dollars before the end of the meal. <laughs> I bet you they learned their lesson. Well, you know what? I have Dan. A, you mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have Look. a jar that I've been keeping for a few years, so it's. Just you can use it. I know, we're but talk- that's what it's for, and I haven't had the bowl to put it in. We're, so talking, to, probably- we're talking to Patrice Critchley Metter from the Diocese of Duluth Social Apostolate Office, and we'll continue this conversation with her right after this brief break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, the Executive Director of Riverview Place in Fargo. The blessing of our foundation built on faith and our sense of fellowship strengthens our sense of safety, security, and community. This is what the region has come to rely on at Riverview Place for the past 35 years. We'd love to have you join us. Call 701-237-4700 to set up a tour today or check us out at homeishere.org. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com slash contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. You're listening to Real Presence Live. 
Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Live. This is Father Richard Kunz along with Cindy Jennings. Coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth. We've been talking to Patrice Critchley Menner from the Diocese of Duluth Social Apostolate Office. So when we were talking about the teaching Amanda fish and assume that he knows how to fish, you're kind of taking care of the problems of the water to make sure, you know, things are right. So how, maybe talk about how you're involved during during the like legislative process. Like what does that look like for you? So for, for all of us, um, the, the legislative session starts this next year. And we're I, talking about state level legislation. Right, state right. level. Um, the state legislation or legislative session begins on January 31st, I believe, of 2022. Okay. And the Catholic Church has like our own particular set of advocacy. You know, we have we have our own vision of what um, life should be like, and and. Uh, it really boils down to the dignity of the human person. Everything that relates to the dignity of the human person is something that we're going to be caring about, involved in, and advocating for. And so there are often issues related to um, affordable housing and immigration and um, hunger relief and um, commercial surrogacy and all kinds of different things that impact um, the dignity of human life. And so we have a Minnesota State Catholic Conference that kind of coordinates that effort through the Catholic Church, and all the bishops are their board members, and so everything gets approved through through, um, the Catholic bishops of the state of Minnesota. And then we um, engage in those issues, usually using sometimes resources from them, but also um, our our um, leveraging our personal relationships with the local elected officials to advocate on things that are important to us as Catholics. Have you seen a lot of success in it when you guys? Sometimes, sometimes. Okay. Um, you know, there's there's varying amounts of of success, but one thing that is really important is that. We continue to do this advocacy um, regardless of success. Mm -hmm. For example, um, I was in a meeting one time when we were talking about legislative advocacy and we were strategizing and thinking about what the issues are going to be in the legislature that coming year. This is a long time ago, like 10 years ago. And somebody said, why are we even bothering with advocacy on abortion when we know that this is settled and nothing's ever going to change? And one of the leaders in the room said, well, because just because that has changed does not mean that, that our values have changed. And, and so this is us bringing our values into the marketplace of ideas and us bringing what is important to us into um, how we can shape the world because that's what we're called to do. Because if our voice wasn't there, then whose voice would, what right. would fill that void? It, well... We're not the only ones, but we're a lot of them. Right, mm-hmm. right. So, I mean, do you ever... Okay, so we're talking about state level. Mm-hmm. How does this ever affect federal level or even city level or county level? Do you get involved politically? Politically is not the right word, but legislatively in any of those areas? It, engage in advocacy, yes. Yeah, yeah we do. And, and uh, um, it's... We don't do maybe as 
as strong a push on some of those things because we um, it's harder to have an impact, you know, in a nationwide kind of way. Um, and also, you know, if you if you have a sense of what your if you have a relationship with your elected official, you have a sense of of where they stand on that. So, for example, um, uh, Pete Stauber, Amy Klobuchar, Tina Smith, um, if we know that they're already with us on something, then we're not going to inundate them with postcards and phone calls. But that goes uh, on the state level too, right? I mean, Right, right. Mm-hmm. So um, we, we do always have work to do because some of the work is not just doing the advocacy, but it's also trying to engage more parishioners, more lay Catholics and, and clergy to, to be involved in the work. So even if we have worked with our elected officials and, and uh, we're relatively sure that they're with us on a particular issue, we can still build our constituency in the pews. Mm-hmm. One of the, change the topic here a little bit in the last <laughs> few minutes, is that one of the big topics that we're hearing, uh, talk about the news, talk about lo- uh, local and international news, national news, homelessness is like skyrocketing, it, it seems. And so maybe you can address a little bit about the uh, the whole problem of, uh, of the challenge of, of homelessness in, in the work of your office. Yeah, so um, in, in the last... In the last three, four years, for sure. It's always been on the increase, but it's really exploded in the last few years. And it's because of a a lack of affordable housing, but also, you know, the needs. In the city of Duluth in particular, not necessarily the diocese, but in the city of Duluth, we're finding at the Chum Shelter that... um, in the past, it used to be that most of the people in the shelter were, were first-time shelter users, first-time homeless, and it's a temporary bump in the road for them, and they stabilize themselves and move on, and they're fine. Um, but now we're finding that most of the people who are coming through the shelter at Chum are chronically homeless, and and that's partly because of the trauma that occurs when you've been homeless for a long amount of time, and it makes it... Um, it gives you more barriers to finding decent housing. And so there are, um, on any given night in the city of Duluth, there's 200 people who are sleeping outside. Oh, and even in the depth of this winter weather that we're having. There are some people who are afraid to come in to um, the warming center. Like I was at a training uh, last night to um, volunteer at the warming shelter in the city of Duluth. And, and it was... Um, there are still people who are afraid to come in. Why? Why are they afraid? Um, they're they're afraid of. Um, they have anxiety okay, issues. Sure. Um, they can't handle all the stimulus. Mm-hmm. Um, they're afraid of of um, people in power. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that they just um, they don't want to give up that autonomy that they feel like they have by and and it's. A risk. I mean, the mental health issues, the trauma right. issues, uh, yeah. and the addiction issues are just exploding. Yeah. So uh, when I, I mean, during the break, we talked about how I was involved in a in um, the Union, Union Gospel Mission here in Duluth, and and it, uh, before COVID, I was involved heavily in it. And and my my experience of that, which is quite extensive, is that so much mental illness and, mm-hmm. and addiction issues. Most of those people were not like without mental illness or addiction issues. Right. And so this is a complex problem we've only got a minute left yeah. so maybe speak to that just. so um i was 
in a group of people who were planning some legislative advocacy, and there was one man who just kept saying, you know, the greatest the greatest solution for homelessness is a job. But when you look at the surveys, like um, there's a point-in-time survey every January that counts all the people who are sleeping outside, and 90% of them have some type of disability, whether it's physical or emotional or mental or whatever. They've got a disability. Well, you can't get that's not going to solve anything for them. And so I think acknowledging that there's not just one silver bullet to solve homelessness um, and seeing people as um, as beloved children of God will make a huge difference in how we attack the problem. Yeah. No, that's great. Uh, Patrice, thank you for being here. Thank you for the great work that you're doing in the Diocese of Duluth and beyond that. Uh, uh, good luck and I shouldn't say good luck. Blessings on your on your work as you continue on in that office. So yes, thank you very thank much you. for joining us. Thank you us. so much. Say hi to Mary Lou. I will. <laughs> <laughs> all right. God bless and thank you very much. You're good. That's all. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank, thanks thank a lot. You. Thanks a lot, Patrice. Uh, well, there you go, uh, Cindy. That was a good show that we yes. had. As usual, we had all great guests, and um, uh, now is the time we bring Teresa, the voice in our heads. Go ahead, Trez. Yeah, thank you, Father. So, just want to encourage everyone to tune in tomorrow for the best of Real Presence Live. Monsignor Charles Mangan discusses who we celebrate on the Solemnity of the Immaculate Conception. Then Father Charles Freebowl talks about Catholic devotions. And Father Nick Nelson addresses the question, why do Catholics pray to Mary? All that and much more is coming up on the best of Real Presence Live. That's so, on Wednesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. So, Therese, I got a question. Why Why do we do repeats tomorrow? Why is it the best of? Is it because you guys are all slacking off and taking a break for the day? <laughs> no, it's because we're taking the day to um, honor Mary. Honor oh, her. okay. So, it's for the Immaculate Conception. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. I, heard I just didn't know. I didn't know if the back at the home office of Real Presence Radio, they're just going to, you know what, we're going to have a Christmas party or an Advent party. And so, so I'm glad that it's for in no. honor of Virgin Mary. No, the Christmas party's next week. Why are you having a Christmas party? Oh, wait, we wait, wait a, I got a question. Why do you have a Christmas party during Advent? Or, um, or is it the well, Advent party? I guess party? it's not strictly a Christmas party. Is it an Advent party? It's an Advent, yes. Are you, are you going to have a Christmas party after Christmas? Are you going to have a Christmas party after the 25th of December? Trez? Sorry? Are you going to have a Christmas party after the 25th of December? Just say yes. <laughs> yes, <Bob. laughs> okay all right so it'll be an advent party and the christmas party will come later well yes. okay mm-hmm. well that sounds like a good it sounds like we're going to be well represented as a diocese of duluth in that next uh, best of show so um uh, that sounds good so anyhow uh thanks therese so there we are we're done with another show cindy good stuff it was good stuff yeah, what was your favorite part no you don't have to say all of it it was all good <laughs> yeah, we had we had we had good Get guests you going and, that was fun. get me going. Yeah, I mean, anything <laughs> you you bring up any controversy, I'd be happy to talk about it. Uh, and so I like that. I like the whole show. It was good. Yeah. yeah. So we, we're not going to do this again until next year. Oh, because it's I December. I didn't even think about it. Yeah, we'll yeah. have to figure out those dates, and I'm sure that twenty twenty two. Yes, I know. Isn't that crazy? <sighs> uh, anyhow, well, anyhow, uh, thank you, all you listeners. And you know what? I forgot to do. I forgot to open up with a prayer this morning. Oh, oh I, I didn't even believe. think so about it. Let us end with a blessing. We ask our Heavenly Father to send His Spirit upon all those that are listening uh, and that they may have a great remainder of Advent. May Almighty God bless you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Happy Advent, everybody.
This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.